0: Welcome to Mind, Body, Health & Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Lewis Miller. The mission of Mind, Body, Health & Politics is to enhance your mental and physical well-being and encourage community. And what I mean by encouraging community is that I believe that human beings are basically friendly, tribal animals. And when we associate together in small enough groups where we know everyone, either by face or name, we are cooperative and collaborative. That may be the best way for us to associate in small enough groups. There are also within us a very small percentage who are not cooperative and collaborative. They're predators. They are motivated by power and greed. And it's our job as the friendly, cooperative, loving collective to make certain that these people do not take control as they have in many countries of the world. Witness the Russian Revolution in 1917, in which a very small group calling themselves the Communist Party took over the country and maintained control for decades. They maintained control for so long that people were born within their totalitarian regime and they died within that regime knowing nothing else. But when the wall came down in Berlin and then the Soviet Union of Soviet Socialist Republics broke up. That came to an end, except for one big country named Russia, which we still have to deal with. But what about in our country? What about those of us who represent the 95% or even higher, who are friendly, cooperative, and loving? What do we do about the predator's The power hungry in our country. What do we do about the fact that for the first time, perhaps in all of American history, our capital was besieged by insurrectionists? And we're now in a situation where the predatory group are attempting to convince the public that that never happened, or perhaps. It was just a group of, quote, patriots trying to do a patriotic act by storming the Capitol. What's resulted is a division in our country that is very painful and causing a lot of problems. All thinking people need to consider this and consider what we're going to do to maintain the the democratic republic that has been our experiment for well over 200 years. Are we going to maintain it, or are we going to turn into some form of totalitarian fascist state with a dictator instead of a president? I would like to hear from you about this. I'd like to know your thoughts. Send us an email and share some of your thoughts on this very important topic. And now to our interview. Today with us is Tommy Poole. He's coming to us from Lubbock, Texas maybe he can shed some light on what's going down in Texas. He's going to share some stories about his life that I'm sure you're going to find interesting. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health, and Politics, Tommy. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. So what's going on in Lubbock, Texas?
1: Well, we've had some much-needed rain over the last couple of weeks, and it's hot again, but but the rain has sure been welcome. Everything greens up really quickly here.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I bet it is welcome. We could sure use some of it here in very very droughty, California,
1: yes, sir, yes, sir. Did you grow up in Texas? I did. I actually grew up in in Odessa, Texas, uh, oil field country, really, kind of desert region, Wild West, got somewhat.
0: Really, did you get to act like a cowboy when you were a little boy growing up and a teenager?
1: Well, I did. You know, my brother was was part of a of a they call it a sheriff's posse, and so and and they have uh, deputies that go out and. And search for lost people, or you know uh, uh, things like that, to, and, and on horseback. So I got to do that and kind of be a part of that when I was a kid. Um, uh, he stopped doing it as as I got a little older, but I, I did have some of that experience, yes. sir
0: sounds like a lot of fun to me. For I grew up in the swamps of Florida and the jungles of Manhattan. So I had a little, I've got country, I got swamp country boy in me, but I got the big city in there as well.
1: Right, right.
0: But as I said, when I lived in Manhattan, it was quite jungly, pretty, it was uh, considered a somewhat of a dangerous place to live.
1: I I bet I was going to say that the swamps might might be a little safer. Uh, The swamps
0: were a lot safer, a lot safer. (laughs) Did you go to high school in uh, in uh, Odessa?
1: I did go to high school uh, there, yes, sir. I, I actually went to Permian High School. As West Texas is, is is pretty big for football, uh, particularly high school football, and grew up in the town where Friday Night Lights actually was the name of my book, and then they they made a movie out of it. So for a small town, that was a pretty big deal, I tell you. How
0: about that song? Was it popular? Out in the West Texas town of El Paso, I fell in love with a Mexican girl.
1: Oh, it's still popular.
0: It's still popular out here as well.
1: Yes. I, I yes. listen
0: to it on the radio. So somewhere along the... We, we, before we go on to that, where'd you go after high school?
1: I started college and got a, my first degree at University of Texas at the Permian Basin there in Odessa. Then I got married and I moved to Alaska for a number of years. Well for about approximately five years. And so I, and, and by that time I, I got my first degree in psychology and so I was kind of pursuing a career in that. And I moved to, to Alaska and was a really big part of creating the first therapeutic community in the prison system there, which was, it's, it's approximately a year long intensive substance abuse treatment center within a prison. So I did that for, for a good bit, kind of acting as a liaison between departments of education, corrections, as well as, as a treatment staff. So that was a, that that was a wonderful time in my life. Actually, it was one of my favorite jobs, most certainly, you know, touching people, being, being there for people.
0: What what, uh, city in Alaska did you live in?
1: I was in Kenai, just right on the Cook Inlet, just a be- beautiful country. My
0: daughter and her husband live in Haines, Alaska.
1: Oh, that's uh, there's really well, there there are some there are some flat places up there that aren't so beautiful, but Haines is a magnificent. I've been to Haines, sure. Oh, you've been there, yeah. Oh, oh yes. It's
0: quite a place. I've been there myself. Yes, sir. So there you are married and working with within the prison system, uh in in Alaska, and then uh, where'd you go next?
1: Well, actually, I had grandkids be born in Alaska. Then they moved back to Texas.
0: Your own grandchildren?
1: Yes. So my my children moved back, or one of them, you know, my, my my daughters moved back. My parents were also pretty elderly and not not doing well, and so those two reasons brought me back to Texas.
0: I see. And somewhere along the line, in there, as I recall from reading about you, you had an experience with psychedelic medicine of some kind. Is that correct?
1: Well, it is. And you know, looking back, I I I see that now, and i you know, my mind is kind of uh, uh, reframed. I think those experiences as a as a. Uh, youth you know i think probably from 15 to to um 18 almost 19 uh, there were there were lots of you know substances in 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 the the city where i i uh, you know in odessa and and while i while i was not using it medicinally it it turns out it was medicinal for me it, it, I believe it was a a key a critical part of my 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 purpose. And so uh um even though in those times and I don't I don't recall uh anyone around me ever looking at it even as as medicine. Psychedelics were, you know, the the stigma behind them were were, were was strong and, uh, you know, with the legality and things like that. And so I didn't look at, at, uh, those substances that way. Um, and until I, I, um, really, I'd say probably the last five or six years, maybe last, probably the last 10, I've really kind of my, my practice has, has Formed, you know, with, uh, hypnosis and things like that, having training to do that regression therapy and things like that. Uh, I find that this, that, that the psychedelic medicine is, is a, is a, a very a powerful way to, to, uh, create dynamics and, and, a, a, um, uh, healing for people.
0: And in terms of your early experiences then that was in Odessa while you were in high school? Yes, sir. And what, can you recall your very first experience? I can recall that. And do you remember what it was you took? I took LSD. Do you have any idea how much you
1: took? No idea.
0: I, I asked the question that way, do you have any idea? Because so often I find... Particularly in interviewing elders, I don't. I don't know if you're quite an elder looking at you, but uh, you're on your way. But when, but it's certainly been decades uh, since that time for you. And yes. I find that when I ask people about that first experience, very often they remember the experience, but they don't know what they, how much they took. And so it's the same with you.
1: Do you? I re- wouldn't even guess.
0: Do you remember any details of that first experience that you can share with us?
1: I remember a very, a, a very strong sense of, of closeness, you know, I was with friends and, 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 and I, you know, just kind of, as you said that it, it, it brought back uh, that sense of, of unity, almost like we were, you know, we were, we were all children and, 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 and it, And I believe what it did was it helped me, it caused me to become objective, almost like I was looking at myself in the situation outside of my physical part. You know, I remember a a few visual hallucinations, things like that, not very, not really strong, Um, But I do remember that closeness. I I remember I have, you know, uh, pictures or memories just as we're talking, just coming back exactly where I was, the people that I was with and uh, decades ago.
0: Decades ago. Yes. And after the experience that first time, were you motivated to do it again? Yes. And did you? Yes. Do you have a rough idea of how many times... You did it during that high school period?
1: I would say probably 100.
0: Oh, so you really got into it. I did. Was this over like a 2 or 3 year period before you graduated high school and left?
1: Yes, sir. It was. And you know, truthfully, there were there were other substance that, substances that were in, uh, that I was involved in uh, using as well. And um by the time you know I, I turned eighteen, graduated from high school, I wasn't willing to do all of that together anymore. So everything stopped. I I uh you know, I didn't use any any type of mind altering substance for probably the next ten years or so. Completely stopped. Yes. And now it was not because of the psychedelics. It was it was because of the the total you know the, the problems that were associated with all of it. You know alcohol and things. Oh, that were associated with the LSD. Well, that were that were kind of associated with me. You know, and and my and my friends, my social group. You know, it was that was just a part of it. But it was definitely um, aside from cannabis. You know, which was much much more easy to uh, attain. Um, that was definitely my preference. Psychedelic, you know.
0: Marijuana and LSD, both being illegal, uh, puts you in a certain amount of jeopardy, particularly in Texas, which is known for being pretty tough on uh, people who experiment with these various substances. Uh, how... How did you relate? You and your friends relate to that? Was there a concern about getting caught, getting in trouble? Did some of you get caught and get in trouble? What can you tell us about that in Texas?
1: Um, th- there, it was troubling, and it was always concerning for me. Um, uh, I, I think at the time, for well, clearly, it wasn't so concerning that I wasn't going to do it, but but I but but I had. I had to have kind of a, a um, i don't know an assertive asser, asser, an assertive personality, and at that time, really it was pretty reckless. it was just reckless. I was a kid, you know and so so uh, that that was not difficult to put out of my mind when I was doing it. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, with other substances that, that, uh, uh, that were a part of growing up in Odessa, um, I lost numerous friends pr- pretty, uh, you know, during high school and soon after high school that were either to death overdose, or they got arrested, uh, and went to prison. So, you know, I, I I really attribute. Well, I'll i I'll, I'll say, God kind of snatched me right out of that. Now, when I use the word God, I think of oneness. One had a different idea about my life and my purpose, which is this. I didn't know it at the time, but but that is what what ended up happening. I did lose people in my life to various uh, uh, in in various ways. Thankfully, I, I was pulled from that. And
0: please elaborate for me when you say my purpose, which is this. What does that mean, Tommy?
1: Well, to, to, I, I've, I've been in the field of mental health for 30 years, 31 about. And, and, you know, interestingly, after I stopped doing those things, I got into mental health. I, I started working in a, a, a self-development uh, workshop with a psychotherapist that was in Odessa. And, uh, um, and, and, and it formed my whole life. I knew I had love in my soul to give. And I was always a kind of service. I was a lifeguard and you know, an educator and things like that. And so, so my purpose was just formed through that um, and, you know, as soon as I got out of college with my first degree, I went to work in a psychiatric hospital, worked there for a couple of years. And so, you know, my purpose has been, my purpose has been driven. And, and, and I believe that one way or another, this is going to be the next chapter in my purpose, in my book, in my life, uh, even speaking with you, because as a, as I was telling your staff. Um, it's risky to talk about what I've done. I've never talked about what I've done. And then he- here I am talking to you about it, you know, so, so, um, I'm very excited. Uh, I, I, uh, um, I hope to be as you are a pioneer in this field being intelligent and, and mindful and, and assertive.
0: Well, there's plenty of room for you, Tommy. So welcome aboard and you, uh, it sounds like you've been you've been part of it in a certain way for quite a while you've mentioned several times your first degree did you go on to get other degrees tommy
1: i did yes sir i i uh, i attained a masters in education at Sol Ross state university which is uh, probably an hour from the mexican border down in the desert um and and I got uh, postmaster's education to be eligible to sit for the you know boards to, to uh, exams. For I'm I'm currently I hold a license in, in uh, uh, a professional counseling, and as well a license in chemical dependency counseling, which is another kind of risk. You know, in this area, uh, it's very conservative, and so any type of substance. Is has been off limits, and it's all one thing. Uh, it's it's not so much like that now, but it it's it's very risky to, you know, openly talk about uh, my my future with these things because it's not been accepted here, uh, uh, in my experience, at least at least in the treatment team meetings and in the you know board meetings of, of, uh, of chemical dependency treatment, they, that, that's not part of uh, uh, a healing process, and that is very unfortunate.
0: The, the that that's not part of the healing process is the use of psychedelic medicines as part of the treatment? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Mm-hmm. We're going through a renaissance... As you know, the whole world is going through what some are referring to as a psychedelic renaissance. Uh, There are research centers springing up all around the world amongst the greatest universities. And so the times they are changing. However, given that 30 or more years ago in Odessa, Texas, the high school students were experimenting with mind-altering substances, that says a great deal because all those high school students are now your age, just like you're your age, right? And, yes. and, and so, yes, a certain percentage of them may have turned away from their early experience, but a very large percentage of them must remember, like you do, that they benefited and that terrible things did not happen to them. All the hype about people you know jumping off windows and committing crimes under LSD and so on all turn out to be disinformation
1: exactly exactly and and as we talk now uh, it, we we still look at those times fondly and not with uh um uh, regret yes not with regret mhm and so more about your career e- evidently
0: it, it was um after you did some of the mental health work in Texas, that you went to Alaska—is that correct, or it was later on that you went to Alaska?
1: Uh, it was a little later. It was a little later, but not too much. I, I you know, I worked in in uh, treatment centers and uh, psychiatric hospitals uh, in in the West Texas for for a number of years, before I moved to Alaska.
0: And are you in a position now, as many are? whom I've interviewed, whereby you cannot share the benefits that you've received from these psychedelic substances? You cannot share those with your colleagues?
1: I am in that position, unfortunately. Um, there, we, we have a ketamine, you know, clinic in, in Midland, which I've, you know, done some work there Uh but in other ways, it, I, I believe it is terribly unfortunate that I can't, I can't share. You,
0: you can't even, sh- you don't have friends or colleagues who are similar and who you can share stories with or share information with, eh?
1: Well, I, 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 I have a few. And fact is, I've I, I recently got back from from uh, Denver, Colorado, and I'm wanting. I want to make contact with people that are that are in in that. You know that where where they have uh, they 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 are doing research and they can you know kind of guide me into where I need to be to make it happen. Uh, there there are very very few people. Interestingly, I'll just add that the general public. In talking about when I say what I what I do as far as ketamine or when I just using the psych, uh, word psychedelics, uh, nurses and lawyers and doctors are excited about it, but they can't. But 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 the, nobody can use it. Nobody's supposed to get it. It's you know it's off limits. But but uh, uh, there is incredible interest generally.
0: Well, you know that with the exception of a few cities, Oakland, California, Denver, Colorado, and I think the state of Oregon, those three have passed laws allowing people to ingest what comes from the ground. So I, th- that means psychedelic mushrooms uh, and marijuana. Uh, and then as you point out, ketamine I think is legal nationally because it's a prescription item. Exactly. Yeah. Tell us about this ket. The ketamine clinic is in uh, in Lubbock, or is it in Midland?
1: Well, there's one here in Lubbock, and 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 I've I've been uh, uh, reaching out to them recently. But uh, there there's a, a wonderful um, uh, psychiatric nurse practitioner, Tammy Vaught in in uh, Midland, who has been. She jumped in. She, she created a, this ketamine clinic when there was nothing out there like that. And so, uh, I was really excited to be able to, to, uh, introduce myself and, and, and what I be, what she allowed me to do was to, uh, either take referrals that I had for her or, or work with people that she had that had come in. And go through the process. You know, they call it sitting or guiding uh, uh, those those experiences. And so, I had opportunity to sit with with clients as they were going through these uh, 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 experiences, the the treatments, and it just is a a, a beautiful, incredible process that that I, you know got to be a part of i get to be a part of it so
0: ketamine is an interesting uh it's an interesting substance, is, and uh p- people are getting uh they're getting results with certain specific groups i think particularly with depression there's there's been some uh some good advances going there yeah and yeah and um have you experienced the ketamine yourself
1: I haven't. And, and, and I think I, you know, I, I would like to do that here, uh, either in, 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 uh, Midland or here in Lubbock. Um, but I want, you know, one of the things that, that is very, uh, scarce, uh, uh, is, is the opportunity to work with somebody that's guiding somebody that sits with me.
0: I heard you saying something about, uh, people aren't supposed to get it what what does that mean? What what are they not supposed to get that they want?
1: Well, they're not supposed to. In particular, what I was thinking of with psilocybin, there are so many people that have, in in my experience, that are that are uh, getting very great results with microdosing, with depression, with anxiety, and 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 the people that are, you know, a, a number of them will say that they're using them. And so um, others want that. They just don't know how to get it. And they're not, you know, they, they know that it's not legal. And so they're afraid to, uh, to to uh, get the, the medicine that they need to look at yeah, it yeah
0: they want to use they're being deprived yes it's a sad situation and of course as a licensed person you could, you're not allowed to give them an illegal substance so it, je- it jeopardizes your your livelihood so sure. that's a that's a scary place for you to be yes um, of course g- going b- back to your personal experience you said after the experiences in high school, maybe a hundred experiences with psychedelics, which is a substantial number, and you certainly must know your way around. Uh, you took a ten-year hiatus, and yeah. then did you did you start experimenting again after the ten years? What happened in there?
1: Well, I I, I grew up, and, and you know, <laughs> in, in that ten years, and. Um, uh, uh, I was more more able to to um, moderate myself with with whether it's you know alcohol or uh, um, cannabis things like that to where there it, it, I didn't have I, it, they they weren't really problematic you know aside from the the legalities of of cannabis there. It it hasn't been a problem in my in my life, and I do believe that it can be uh, uh, for for anyone, you know, depending on how it's used. But but um, you know, I took that time where it was important to me to kind of kind of well grow and 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 to mature really Um, decide what I wanted, and at that time i was not willing to risk any kind of legal problems right to do that mm-hmm. so and the, the fact is i looked at it all like it was one thing as well i looked that i looked i looked at it like any substance was uh um uh, Wrong, or it just was, you know, not productive, and there were all kinds of problems associated with it. And then that was that just wasn't true. That that was the way I saw it then. It is not the way I see it now.
0: What happened to change your uh, attitude, Tommy?
1: Um, I think that this wave of people coming through that 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 the Renaissance that you speak about uh, kind of helped me to see the aspects that were incredibly beneficial to me, incredibly through my whole career. And and that belief just got stronger through the years. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier with clinical hypnosis or regression therapy or things like that, um, in my studies, in my use of those kinds of techniques, I, I, I began to realize that that's those inductions. They're very guided with somebody that's not using a psychedelic, but but to to really use that as a tool, use psychedelics as a tool to take somebody and open their minds to you know what whatever might be there for them is is very impactful, very healing, and it is and, and un, you know they they're unforgettable experiences for for my. Clients, as well as for me, things that they go through when they're under the influence of ketamine or some other substance is just very uh, uh, well. It's unforgettable. I still see. I still see the colors that they talk to me about. I still see the situations and the, you know, the forms. I I, I kind of joined with them. I think at that time uh, to you know to to. I know it sounds. It, well, it's psychedelic really. but to be able to join and have a oneness with them when they were talking when they would talk to me like that, I realized it's the same process for me, whether I'm in helping someone get to a state of deep hypnosis, a trance state, uh, for regression or you know whatever kind of reason healing, uh, it, it, it's much the same with the psychedelic, only it's, it, 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 it seems to be much more powerful for both. It's very much more abstract. Um, you know, there's not a lot of language and, and speaking that, that people have. They, they don't need it there, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying is that it might sound a little uh, foo-foo to, uh, to be talking about a sense of unity uh, at the same time. Almost every person that I've interviewed, and I've interviewed many, many people about their psychedelic experiences over the last 20 years, almost everyone talks about that sense of unity. And I myself have it very strongly from my very first psychedelic experience going back 60 years, perhaps. Yes. And I can remember vividly a very powerful sense of connection with all the people on the planet and envisioning everyone as being connected through an electromagnetic, what looked like a hairnet to me, a hairnet of electrical impulses. Perfect. You know, and just holding us all together. And it completely, it changed my life. It changed the way I relate to other human beings. It changed the way I relate to nature, to animals. It changed, I mean, I had the realization that rocks are alive, they're not just a hunk of stone. They, they, they're they're actually, in a way that we don't quite grasp, they're living things, that everything on the earth is a living thing. Yes. And and that is not an unusual experience. I say it openly, but I've heard it from so many other people. A, a, a recognition that we've had that the entire earth, the entire planet, is a living, breathing organism, and then that we're not living on it, we're part of it. We're like cells... As part of this wholeness yes and so you needn't apologize when you talk that way at least to me and and others who have shared your experience because you're talking uh, you're talking to the choir we're, we're all singing we're singing with you tommy
1: It's so beautiful thank you Thank you. (laughs) You know, I, I, in, in, I have in my experience over probably the last seven or eight years, I've worked very extensively with, with, uh, uh, in the, in the family court system in my area. So I I'll have a four year old kids, you know, 10 year old kids, and i am so with them and they are so with me and the fact is you know people will my, my colleagues would you know they they really uh they appreciate so much my willingness to do work with you know very young children that's risk, you know, risky in itself, but also they appreciate what feels like it's a, it's a gift. You know, I feel like that's a gift that I've been given to be able to see this oneness. So it doesn't matter whether I'm talking to somebody that's on their deathbed in a nursing home. I am, I'm completely with them. If I'm talking to a four-year-old about what someone did to them or what they're going through, I'm completely with them. We understand each other. We are not, it's almost like we're not different ages. We're just, we're together. We're one. Uh And so, and so having those opportunities, whether I'm talking to a psychiatric patient, you know, a, a psychotic patient that is, you know, seeing all kinds of things that, that I don't see. I'm still one with them and I don't see I don't have that break. So when you, it's such a pleasure to, to talk with you and, 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 and know that you can relate to those kinds of things that I'm saying, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's to me not having opportunity to do it or, you know, not, not taking the risk has been so very confining. It's confining and there, mm-hmm. I got a feeling there are lots of us out here, professionals, you know, uh, that do this, and 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 non professionals, and, and that uh, that that um, have had these experiences. So there
0: are lots, and there are more springing up every day. And uh, if you go to the social media, you will find numerous, thousands, maybe tens of thousands. It could be higher numbers than that. Yes. of both professionals and lay people who are moving in this direction very rapidly. Exciting because, time. Yeah, it's a very exciting time because the research that's finally dribbling forward after over 50 years of governmental suppression, yes. the research is coming out, holds a lot of promise. And as you pointed out, I mean, we already know about the promise it holds for depression and anxiety, but that is just the beginning. And uh, you know, and and when you get into the field of epigenetics and changing our internal structure, which is going to be the, is which is the
1: forefront, is going to be extremely exciting. It it is so very exciting, and and I I think it's so true. Depression can be uh, remedied, but you know, even focus with ADD ADHD, focus is there you know, I'll I'll see people that are microdosing with psilocybin, and and, and all of a sudden, they're just different. Yeah, work is different. Their relationships are different. They're so thankful. They're so Mm -hmm. thankful, they're willing to do it, even though it's, it's not legal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, switching the topic a bit, tell us about the nutritional choices of people in Lubbock, Texas, for example, do people eat organic food? Are there such things as uh, supermarkets where you can get organic food, or is that considered sort of like uh, California crazy?
1: It, it's kind of California crazy around here. But now we do have we do have a, a, a few. Uh, um, um, supermarkets that, that they're all organic. And we have, we have, you know, uh, in, in supermarkets, you know, normal supermarkets, we have small sections of organic uh, foods, but, but in, in this area, unfortunately uh, the, there, the, the um, well, particularly in, in, in Western Texas, uh, Odessa, Midland area, there's, there's, It's it's the the oil field, and so what we have is we have lots of people come in to make great money. They're young, they don't bring their families, they they really populate the cities, and they're tired, and they are going to go to the convenience store to eat. They're going to hit McDonald's or they're going to. So there's very very little. In the way of healthy eating, here that's unfortunate too. You know, even a smoothie bar, or things like that, where you, people people have never eaten kale here. You know, the, a lot of people they just don't. They don't. They don't have those opportunities. There's recycling and things like that. You know, it's a beautiful thing to see other states uh, that have different bins. You know, you throw your cup over here and your plastic over here. It's not like that here in in, in West Texas. It just all goes. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is here.
0: You keep referring to West Texas, which is well known as West Texas, of course. Is West Texas representative of the whole state of Texas? Or are there markedly, I'm not talking about urban centers like Austin, which I know is different. But in terms of, generally speaking, small town Texas, USA, is Lubbock and Odessa, West Texas, pretty representative of the culture of the
1: state. I believe so. Even though, okay. even though we're a really large state, I believe uh, uh, overall, I believe that that Odessa, Midland, are much more representative than Dallas or Austin.
0: Yes, of course. Dallas and Austin are are outliers. They're considered outliers in your state. I know that. Yes. So most likely. If we went to middle-sized cities all across Texas, we'd be hard put to find kale or or organic <laughs> organic vegetables. And the same is true for uh, separating garbage into food and burnables and so on. Yes. Uh, what about attitudes towards exercise? Is that is 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 are people exercise conscious? and aware of the health benefits, or is that also considered, you know, uh, left-coast crazy?
1: Well, you know, I'll say that that seems to be, and and just like the Renaissance with psychedelic, it's psychedelics, it seems to be improving from what I've seen. You know, I, I, I do what I can. I want to be able to present myself to people in a way that's as healthy as, as I can possibly be. So I will, I go up into the gym today already. So, you know, I, it's, I, they're very often, you know, almost full with younger people you know, I'm seeing that I'm seeing that the younger uh, kind of generation, I, I, I mean, maybe from from 20 to to 30 or 35 is very much more health conscious than than the older generation.
0: hmm. So when uh, when you heard my introduction to the program and I talked about 95% of the population or higher are friendly, cooperative animals, but we have a small percentage that are predators and that the predators are making a big impact on the com- country, and we have a division. Were you offended by anything I said? Absolutely not. I believe the same. Do you think a lot of the people or a majority of the people in Lubach and Odessa would be offended by what I said?
1: I, I do not. I don't think that they would be. I think that well, well. I say, I think an individually, if someone can understand, they wouldn't be offended. Uh, collectively, you know, it's about Fox News here. Well,
0: that would mean that a, a high percentage of the population are election deniers. They believe that uh, that Trump won the presidency and it was stolen from him. Yes. Wow. Wow, that would be a very tough place for me to hang out. Yes, sir. I, I, I think too. I, well, no, I feel for you. I mean, if if if, if you if you if uh, you you're in a what sounds to me like a lonely position on several fronts. It's lonely with regard to sharing collegially with your fellow professionals about your interest in these psychedelic substances. And it's lonely with regard to this political situation that's creating a divide in the country. That's a tough spot for you to be in, sir.
1: Well, it is, and 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 I I am I'm very mindful about those things. I I don't I truth is I don't watch a lot of the news. I hear I hear it. Yeah. Um, and 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 I see, and I believe. I believe that, uh, I can attribute the use of psychedelics and my openness and my sense of oneness to, to see, to be able to see objectively how this division is, you know, it's like, there are people that are trying to divide us, Yes, you know, the small percentage, like you were saying, but man, it, it is just, uh, it it's phenomenal, and it's unfortunate that that more people don't see that around me. You know that they that that this division uh, uh, is intentional with smoke screens of this or that, and, you know that don't really have anything to do with the real heart issues uh, of of our country.
0: And, well, the, the the division is the opposite of the unity that you feel in your heart and soul.
1: It is, it is. And and I think that, you know, wh- why I push so much for psychedelics and I push so much for this emotional health and and, and evolution is because I, I see that in other people when I'm alone with them. I do so much individual therapy with people. Uh, you know, I've done that for many, many years aside from other things, uh, uh, and so, when I'm talking to an individual, we get to this space. If I'm talking to a small group, we can get to that space. Jump in and let's really talk about it in a way that's not divisional. You know, divisive. When I think that a lot of times when we start talking about that, it's very easy to be offended. You know, so it's a delicate kind of operation to yes. to, to work with uh, people and and help them to find that oneness to help them to put that guard down and and just be a human being for a little while be vulnerable take the you know take that risk be be willing to to see things in a different way through love love and as far as i can see everything that you've talked about it's love Everything Good. that we, that I'm working with, this oneness, this unity, I see that as love.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And so I'm going to push with everything that I have to to create that for other people, as many people as I possibly can. That's why I sent an email to you.
0: Well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining us today on Mind, Body, Health, and Politics. Your message of love will go out over the waves. And if there's a way that people can contact you, would you like people who hear this to contact you to say hello and offer you some support, or would that be too? Would that be how can how can you be reached that won't create jeopardy for you in just an open conversation?
1: So I'll give you my email address
0: if you like that. If you would like to be reached out to, I don't know if people will or not, but I, I will. You know. But you're alone down there. And uh, you know, I wanna I wanna oh. offer you I wanna offer you colleagues and friendship.
1: That would be <laughs> wonderful. So my email, it's all lowercase, one word, Tommy T-O-M-M-Y, L, the letter L Lewis is my middle name. Uh, pool, P-O-O-L, like swimming pool, Tommy L Pool at Gmail.com.
0: Tommy L Pool at Gmail.com and your middle name is Lewis L-O-U-I-S.
1: It's L-E-W-I-S.
0: L-E-W-I-S. Yes. We share the same middle name. Yes. Well, thank you again, Tommy, and thank all of you for listening to today's broadcast of Mind, Body, Health, and Politics. If you have anything that you want to write in, please send it to producer at mindbodyhealthpolitics.com. That's producer at mindbodyhealthpolitics.com. Please stay with us and listen to the next broadcast. Until then, this is Dr. Richard Lewis Miller reminding you that good health is worth fighting for, and it's essential for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.